Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Here's Kane trying to shoot the gap for San Jose. He's got it and scores! A short-handed goal for Evander Kane! Hurdle to the trailer, gets it back to the middle, they playing up to our standards and kind of forgot how the game was played a little bit for a while there and uh, you know and that's why we're in the situation we're in now but uh, you know it feels like we're finally starting to uh, you know look like the team that we're supposed to be and uh, still a long long way to to get to where we want to get but you know this is a good start and I think that uh, you know this was the first game where we felt uh, right from the start no matter what the score was you know we felt like we were playing our game and we weren't too worried about you know what they were doing and we were focused on the things that we needed to do well, and I think that we did that. Uh, even though we just scored one goal, I think that you know it felt like everybody was in the game and everybody was you know making the right decisions to to have the chance to to score the goals when they were there. We just didn't didn't get them today, but uh, you know for 65 plus minutes, I think that uh, you know the guys stuck with it, and, and that's the feeling that we got to have. Uh, you know, moving forward, and uh, you know that doesn't mean that we're going to win every game, but that's uh, that's the way we got to feel out there, and that's the feeling we got to have, you know, in this room. Good morning, guys, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you as always, and man, what a difference one week makes. When we talked a week ago, I was low. I'll admit. I mean, you have a week like that where everything is looking as just wrong as it can be. I didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of the season. I was really curious how the Sharks were going to respond after losing two vital games on a homestand. The Friday night against Winnipeg, which was a close game where you thought, God, they deserve to win this one. And they follow that on the Saturday night against Vancouver with arguably their worst effort of the season. I would say that one was worse than the Boston loss because A, Boston's a very, very good team. And B, it was at home. You had played so well the night before. You were expecting a response. You were in front of a home crowd that wanted to see you do well, and they came out that flat. And then I sat down to do my weekly wrap-up and thought to myself, oh, my God, this is so far off the course of what I thought I was going to be talking about because they were coming home. It was going to be good. There was all this reason for hope, and they just fell on their faces with those two losses to Winnipeg and Vancouver. And I wasn't – it's not like I was – despondent or beside myself I was just it was it was flummoxing it was confusing it was so far from what I think we all 
had had in terms of expectations. And listen, expectations, we talk about this every single week. In San Jose, they are high. Expectations are that this team is going to compete for the Cup. And there's nothing out of the ordinary when I say that. Nobody in the front office is going to come to me and say, hey, Ted, let's cool it on that talk. They're going to look at me and say, if you don't say that, Ted, if you undersell what we're doing, we're probably going to have to think about bringing somebody else who has more of an accurate view of reality. Because the accurate view of reality is, is this team is put together year in, year out to compete for a chance to win it all when it's the end of the year. You're hoping that you're in big games as May is turning into June and that you want to be on that national TV audience turn to you. You want to see Teal. You want to see Jumbo. You want to see Eric Carlson. You want to see Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, whoever it may be. These are the guys we expect to come through in the big moments when it's late in the year, when it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, when it's the Western Conference Finals, Stanley Cup Final, etc. There is no other level of what the expectation can be other than that around here, or else I think that we're all confusing ourselves with what the Sharks are. Now, whether or not that's where it ends up when all is said and done, that's an entirely different equation because every year the playoffs present different unique challenges. There are injuries. There are things that happen. You're not always going to find yourself in the Western Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, but let's talk about what's happened since Pete DeBoer has been here. He's been in the Western Conference Finals twice. He has been in the Stanley Cup Finals once, and he's made it to the second round of the playoffs, and another year they added first-round exit, but I think that that's pretty good when we look at how this team has progressed and how they've done under Pete DeBoer expectations are high, that's how they should be, and that's where they are going to remain to be, and that's why it was, again, so flummoxing that we had gotten to that point where you have your first two games, you have your next 11 to 15 at home, and you're thinking, okay, this is a chance for the Sharks to get right, and they fall on their face. And you're just thinking, what is going on in San Jose? What is going on inside that dressing room? What's going on inside Doug Wilson's head? What's going on inside Pete DeBoer's head? What's going on inside Eric Carlson's head? What's going on inside, and you go down the list. You looked at everyone and you think, how is this team going to respond? They now have two winnable games in front of them. You were looking at what was going to happen against Minnesota and Chicago, and you said, can they win those games? Can they even win those games? Or are things getting so out of control at such an early point in the season that we don't even know if they can beat those two teams who I thought they should beat? But at that point, I didn't know. Before those two games against Winnipeg and Vancouver, I thought, okay, You can win those two games. You can beat Chicago. You can beat the Wild. I don't know about Nashville right now. And then all of a sudden, you lose those first two games, and you're just thinking to yourself, what on earth is going on right now? Who is this Sharks team? But they responded. They responded big time. And it is Shemek, of course. He is, uh, you know, if you go on Sharks social media, he might as well be able to walk on water right now. The guy can do no wrong in terms of the viewpoint of the fan base. And listen, his return has bolstered and galvanized the Sharks' blue line, and you're also getting other health coming back to this team. But right now, the Sharks are starting to turn it around, and three wins in a row are very, very good, but by no means has this team turned a corner. I cannot say they've turned a corner until they are consistently winning games, until they are consistently able to find themselves on top of the teams they should beat and able to go out on the road and get wins as well. If they can only win at home, that's not going to do them much luck when they go out on the road. But right now, with three straight wins, with things looking like they're starting to calm down, because I look big picture, and we're going to talk about this with Tomas Hurdle in a little bit too, but you had the game against Winnipeg, 
I understand what the final score was. They lost that game, but the effort was there for them to win. I think they outshot Winnipeg 53-19. to They played a good game. They looked like they were the, the better team on the ice. They didn't win. But that was a bad that was a bad night just because you, you don't win a game where it looked like you were the better team. But it was a good performance, so you take that. Vancouver, that was an awful performance. But then you have a good night against the Blackhawks, a wild night, appropriately so, against the Wild, and then you have a really, really good night against Nashville, who's a good team, and you get good performances across the board. You're committed to Pete DeBoer's plan. You do not have the big Olays. You do not have the big gaffes on defense. You have Jones playing his best night of the year, looking aggressive, coming out of the crease. His vision on pucks was so well. He was where he needed to be. He made the big saves. And then you had the team come through in the clutch with the shootout win after more big saves from Jones in overtime, especially when the Sharks uh, you know, go on the penalty kill once again. But by the way, am I the only one who gets excited now when the Sharks go on the penalty kill? I seriously do. This this used to be, you know, a time where I would think to myself, okay, the Sharks are on the penalty kill again. And not because they were particularly bad at it, just because I get emotionally involved. My heart rate gets up. I'm sure it's not good for me every time that the Sharks get into big moments and big games. It's taken years off my life, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But it used to be when the Sharks would go on the penalty kill, that was a nerve-wracking time for me. Now when the Sharks go on the penalty kill, I actually get excited for it because I love the way they play on the penalty kill. So when the Sharks are in overtime and Kane gets called for the penalty, and suddenly you're thinking to yourself, oh, God, they're going to go man advantage. The Sharks have done so much well tonight. They've done so much to deserve a a win here, and they'd already earned a point, so that was good. But you weren't satisfied with a point, right? No one was satisfied with a point at that. So you get that moment where you think, God, they're on the kill. But I thought to myself, you know what? The Sharks are going to do this because they've got the best kill in the league right now. And, of course, they come through with a big response. You go seven rounds in a shootout. Timo Meyer. Nets a big game winner, and suddenly the horn's sounding. Everything is feeling much, much better inside SAP Center. The Sharks fan base is feeling a little bit more relaxed. Not that we're satisfied by any means, but everything seems to be trending in the right direction. And listen, I am no soothsayer. I am not clairvoyant. I am none of that. But what I do think is that I'm able to look big picture and recognize trends that were happening with the team. And the overall trend I was seeing was a level of underperformance compared to what these guys were. I hammered it week in, week out, and I still could be proven wrong by this. I'm not saying again that this team has turned a corner by any means, but you're starting to see the level of performance you expect from these guys. The way the game was going on Saturday night, you needed a big-time performance from Martin Jones, and that's exactly what he gave you. He made huge saves. He made huge stops. He put the team on his back because the Sharks weren't scoring goals in that game, so he invariably could not let any in, but he had his best night of the year in what could arguably be called at this point the biggest moment of the year in terms of a turning point because the Sharks put out the great effort that got them a much-needed, and I will say a great win, because if you win a game that ends in regulation 1-1, that's a hard-fought win. That's a game that you can look back on in a month's time or two months' time and say, we've been in this situation before when it was a nose-to-the-grindstone type performance where you just had to dig deep, you had to not make mistakes, and you had to put yourself in the position to win. That, to me, is exactly what the Sharks did. They go down a goal, they get the equalizer, they have big stops, they have big defensive moments. They did exactly what it took in that tough type of game 
to minimize the mistakes, to put themselves in a position to get a win. And yes, it went to a shootout, but they could have folded at several times in that game, especially in light of how things had gone over the course of the season to that point. But they did. They came through with big, big moments and got themselves a big, big win. And that's what teams with championship mentality do because there are other moments or other teams, I should say, that would have folded given everything that's happened this year where you think to yourself, things are just not going our way right now. We're going to hang our head. We're going to deflate. You didn't see that. Even when the Sharks were playing so well and they go down by a goal, they didn't deflate. We saw that the previous Saturday night against Vancouver. They go down 2 nothing. You could see the guys all just the air was taken out of their out of their chests. You know, you could just all see the shoulders start to slump because they knew, oh, it's piling on. And I, listen, I'm not questioning their effort, but I talk about this a lot. The psychological factor of what happens to guys in sports is probably the most overlooked thing in all of professional sports, but it's, to me, such a huge factor, and you can tell that things were weighing on them Saturday night, two Saturday nights ago, especially after the effort they put forth against Winnipeg. And I think that something with the Sharks that we have to understand in terms of why maybe there is that deflation is that these guys are all used to their performances being rewarded. Eric Carlson. Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Mark Edward Vlasic. These are all big-time players who know that if they go out there and play their game, especially in conjunction with all the other talent we see on the Sharks, that's going to be good enough for a win. And suddenly, those efforts, those performances, those star players were not being rewarded with wins. It was the opposite of everything they'd come to expect at that point in their careers. And yes, you could say that Eric Carlson was on some Senators teams that were not the great. Yeah, listen, I understand but when we look at the Sharks over the last, you know, I'm going to say roughly 20 years, we see teams that are used to being rewarded by their performances. We see teams that are used to being able to go out there and put out a performance that's good enough for a win. And that wasn't happening. And I think that psychological factor was weighing on the guys. So it's good now in light of that Winnipeg game that they were able to bounce back from that bad loss against Vancouver and come up with huge, huge wins against Chicago, Minnesota, and Nashville. And especially that wild game against the Wild, that was a game where the Sharks, you're up 4-0, 5-1, and 6-2. I understand that you did not like the three unanswered goals in the third period, but I think Pete DeBoer had some really good comments after that game where he talked about, listen, they were embarrassed, they were pissed off, and they had a response. And he said it was what you would expect from a team in the NHL. And that one... I didn't like it because you don't like to see a team get themselves back into it. And I thought for sure those last couple of minutes, those last 30 seconds, I thought that Minnesota was going to tie it for sure. It looked like the Sharks were maybe ramping up for a huge collapse. But Martin Jones gets a huge save, just sticks his toe out there, able to stop the puck. And that was, to me, a big moment for Martin Jones. I thought it was a, a nice little way for him to lead into his big performance on Saturday night against Nashville. But he came up with the big stops. The Sharks were able to hold on. Their efforts were rewarded, even though it was a lot more uncomfortable than I'm sure they liked it. Their efforts were rewarded with a win. It was close. It was tight. It was, again, not to be over the top, but it was wild. And they got a win. And then they were able to parlay that into a really nice, crisp, clean, hard-fought win on Saturday night against Nashville. And again, these are the types of performances you want to see from San Jose that we all expect to see. And I think that after you get the relatively 
calm win against Chicago. You follow that up with the wild win against the wild, and then you have the really clean win against Nashville. You're starting to see these guys be aware of the rectification, be aware that these nice performances can be rewarded, and be aware of the mistakes they were making, cut down on those, be able to minimize it, and really start gaining some momentum. Because three straight wins, that's only got them at seven wins on the year. They've still got ground to climb. But I liked the comment that I played there in the intro from Eric Carlson. You know, they're starting to look like the team they know they're capable of being. And I think that's a big part of it as well, that you're seeing the performances from the Sharks that you come to expect, particularly the game against Winnipeg, the game against Chicago, and the game against Nashville. The Minnesota one, that was just a wild game. And again, I got to stop saying that, but that's what it was. I don't mean to sound like I'm lacking creativity in describing that game, but it was wild. It's just what it was. But now the Sharks are looking at more home games in the month of November and the ability to climb back into the thick of things in the Western Conference, and that's exactly what they have started to do. Again, they haven't completely turned that corner until we see it play out by... If by the end of November, they are consistently winning games that we expect them to win and maybe win some games that we don't expect them to win, then we can say they've maybe turned that corner. But for now, they're still in the midst of the turn. They're still looking to the end of the turn, but they're in the midst of it. And hopefully they can come out clean on the other side and find themselves in relatively the position they expect to be. But there's a way to, ways to go until they are there. They've got to continue getting high-quality performances from Martin Jones. And that, to me, it's... Such an easy talking point, but it's such an important talking point. Martin Jones, he's been inconsistent to start the year. His numbers have not been what we've all expected from him, especially in light of what we saw in the playoffs last year when he corrected things and really looked like he was the guy that we remembered him being. Last year, we thought there was either an aberration in his performance or we thought there was an injury. We didn't think that was the guy he was turning into for the remainder of his career. And suddenly that guy showed up again for most of the start of this season. And then we've seen some performances as of late where he should have been rewarded with better. I think we can all agree. Or where we get like Saturday night where suddenly that's the Martin Jones that we see, that we know he's capable of being, where he can come out of the crease, where he can be aggressive, where he's seen the puck so well. And I think that's such, to me, uh, a big-time aspect of what you see with a goalie is our they seen the puck well. Is their vision well? Are they moving smoothly? You know, we can get into the butterfly, the push to the post, whatever, you know, technical aspect of a goalie's game that you want to talk about. But I'd come down to the vision. Are they seeing the puck well? And I think that's what we've seen more from Martin Jones um, in the last couple of games, the Minnesota one notwithstanding. But you've seen him look more like the guy that you expect him to be and more like the guy that we saw in the playoffs once he turned things around midway through that series against Las Vegas. I think Martin Jones can continue to put out those performances, and I think psychologically, with the confidence, you had that big toe save in the Minnesota game. You had a big night from him just across the board against Nashville. We've now seen multiple games where he can build upon and look like the guy that we expect him to be. Uh, The defense, still seeing some Olays out there that are putting Martin Jones in bad situations, but I think those have been better, and it's not perfect, but it's been better. You saw Mark Edward Vlasic the other night. Logan Couture talked about it in the postgame. He said that, you know, he's the type of guy who, when he is playing his best game, you don't really notice him, and he can be one of the best, if not the best, shutdown guys in the NHL. 
That's what Vlasic looked like. Eric Carlson was looking in terms of being a transporter of the puck. I thought that in the game against uh, Nashville, I thought he looked very, very comfortable out there. He did not have the greatest moment when he gave up the goal, um, and that was right in his face. That was just kind of a weird moment and a soft goal, and you didn't like anything of it. But listen, I do not expect Eric Carlson to be perfect. I do not expect Mark Edward Vlasic to be perfect. I do not expect Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, Tomas Schurtle. None of these guys are going to be individually perfect, and that's what makes the Sharks so good year in, year out, is they have such a collection of talent that's able to go out there and get it done that other guys can make mistakes, and you've got other guys to pick it up. When the Sharks are playing their best, they minimize those mistakes, and they do get those top-level performances, and they play clean hockey. They dominate the possession. They keep the other team you know, on their heels. They outshoot the opposition they put themselves in a position to win and that was again part of what we were not seeing with the Sharks they were not putting themselves in a position to win it's not that just they were being bad on defense or they weren't getting the the net minding that they expected it was just across the board they were not putting themselves in a position to win now we have seen with the game against Winnipeg with the game against Minnesota Chicago Nashville they were putting themselves in the position to win now one of those They were not able to get the win, and that was the Winnipeg game, but I think we can all agree that they put themselves in the position to win. How do they get there? It's outshooting the opposition. It's not having those neutral zone and defensive zone giveaways that put Martin Jones in a bad situation. It's overall just being not conservative or careful with the puck, but just being smart about things and not taking those big risks. We have seen the risks lessened in the last couple of games, and that's never going to go away because you have guys, you know, Jumbo, arguably one of the two greatest passers in the history of the, not even arguably, but he is one of the two best passers in the history of the game. Sometimes he'll make a risky pass. Eric Carlson will make a risky pass. Brent Burns will make a risky pass. And we put up with these things because we know how capable they can be and those risks can pay off, and I don't expect that to change. But at this point, you're seeing a little bit more of, not conservatism, but just a little bit more care when they're handling the puck, when they're moving into the offensive zone. You're seeing them, again, not conservative, but just a little bit more in terms of a, let's reduce our chances of getting smacked in the face here. You're seeing a little bit more care being paid to how they're handling themselves, and it's paying off. And, you know, if you want to get into what we've heard from Pete DeBoer, he keeps on talking about commitment and guys pressing and talking about how they're trying to do too much. Yeah, you're trying to do too much. So you make a riskier pass or you take an ill-advised shot or you try to make a, a you know a big defensive play and you end up putting you know Martin Jones in a bad situation or Deller in a bad situation. That's not what they need to do. They need to do their jobs and expect that everybody else out there on the ice is going to do their job as well. If that continues to happen, you don't need guys out there playing hero hockey. You have everybody doing their jobs, and collectively you perform as a team, and you put yourself in a position to win, and ultimately you are rewarded with the win. It's culminated finally in what we've seen over these last couple of games, and I thought the Nashville one, again, was the nicest win of the year. But again, Winnipeg, Chicago, Nashville. Those three in particular were good games. The Minnesota one was all over the place, but it was a situation where the Sharks got up by a lot, and then Winnipeg, or excuse me, Minnesota came roaring back into that. That was a weird one, but if the Sharks get up 6-2 in a game, you can make the argument they did what they had to do to put themselves in a position to win, and they did win. It was just how you got there. After the game, 
Pete DeBoer was not going to, I'm sure he had more potent words and more pointed words for his team in terms of how that third period went, giving up three unanswered goals, especially when you're up 6-2. I think his paraphrased view was wins have been hard to come by and he's not going to get too down on the way they got themselves to a win. Publicly, that's the right view to take. For the fan base, that's probably the right view to take as well. That yes, it wasn't clean, it wasn't pretty, it was not the way you'd like to see a game that you're up 6-2 in end, but at the same time, you won. You walked away with the win. And it's not like weird things don't happen in professional sports or the NHL. Nashville themselves was coming off of a 9-4 loss. Does that mean anything directly compared to the Sharks' 6-5 win over Minnesota? No, but it just shows you that weird things happen in sports and the Sharks winning a 6-5 game in terms of how weird or how far it can stray from your expectations. A 6-5 win is nothing in the grand scheme of things. All right, enough of me. How about some Tomas Hurdle, who I sat down with after Saturday night's big win? All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide, it is Tomas Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks. We're in the dressing room after the big uh, shootout win over Nashville. I guess uh, let's just start with uh, how you're feeling right now. Of course, you had uh, another goal tonight, which was a huge, that was a game tire. And then, you know, the you get the goal from Timo uh, in the shootout to get the win. Uh, just where are you right now emotionally? You know, it's been kind of a up and down start to the year, but this, I think it's pretty easy to say, biggest win of the year, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, it was just great effort from all 20 guys, plus, you know, joining the net. And it was amazing effort. We played all 60 minutes, what we need, what we missed last couple of games. And for sure, the best game so far the season against a really good team. And everybody now is so happy because we three games on, the, one, on their own, so it's huge. But we have to just keep going. But for sure, the best game so far for us. One of the things that I saw tonight was uh, the commitment to the defense, and I'll go into that a little bit more, but especially in light of the way that um, Thursday night's games finished up when it was 6-2 and then suddenly it's 6-5. Did the team feel like there had to be more of a commitment after the way the third period went the other night? Yeah, for sure. We've been all, always last three, four years the, one of the best defensive team in NHL. We just give up a couple goals, and, and uh, you know we won like t- Two one three one and mm-hmm. and what, that's what we did tonight. We really when the coming to defense, you know, everybody do what was supposed to do, and and after the chances coming up, we should score a couple more and should be over earlier. But we still we still have a lot of chances. But start everything for us from the zone. Everybody blocking shot. Everybody's good spy. You know, helping each other. But we have to just keep going because we we still a little bit behind. We need to know the points right now, but. It was really a good-looking game for us tonight. Yeah, you you brought it up. The block shots, what was really stood out to me, you could just see it time and time again. Guys giving up their bodies, just clogging the lanes. Um, was that a you know a concerted effort going into the game, particularly against Nashville, or was it just a matter of listen? If they get close, if they get you know inside the circles, we're just going to get in front of everything. Yeah, you have to kind of do it. If you want to win in this league, you have to be committed. Everybody has to block and shoot, not just like you know some guys. If if it's there, you have to block it. You know, it's it's help. You know, when see other guys, you know, like you know, push block it shot. You know, it's our game, and we have to block it next one. So it's always help to the team, and we have to be committed every night for that because you know we need it because we still what I just say a little bit behind and these mm-hmm. games and these block shot and these important moments are important you know help everybody to see on the bench and just you know keep rolling after that it's three straight wins now for the team but let's go back a week and one day ago where you guys played 
a really strong game against Winnipeg, but you weren't rewarded with a win. Then you follow up the next night with a, a bad loss to Vancouver, but then now it's three straight wins. But, you know, I remember your head coach said after the win on Tuesday night, he said, you know what, that was a pretty good game Friday night against Winnipeg. We didn't play well against Vancouver, but then you responded Tuesday night, Thursday night, and now Saturday night. Even though it was the loss last Friday night against Winnipeg, did you kind of feel like the tide was starting to turn after that game? Yeah, I think, you know, before that, before this game, Winnipeg was actually one of the best games. We played really good. We got just a couple bad luck goals, but we actually play, you know, we've been really strong in defense. We, you know, play a lot of time in ozone when we play, you know, there nobody no, not many teams can handle us because we got a lot of big bodies. Mm-hmm. Me, Timo, Kane, or Goody, Jumbo, Party. It's like all big guys. So when we play down there, we created chances. Uh, but against you know Winnipeg, we have over you know 50 shots. We dominate the game, but yeah. kind of last minute bad luck goal. It's but it was already good look you know you know for us how we can play how how look Sharks hockey and from that for sure the Vancouver was a little bit you know bad game. But after that we start showing you know our game and. If we starting with leads, that's really important. When you you know always be kind of behind, it's sometimes tough. But it's we have a couple of games. We start with lead, and that's really help us too. And now tonight, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, you had the the, the game tying goal. Um, let's talk about you as of late. 18 points in the last 13 games. Before we get into why you've been so hot as of late, how much pressure did you feel coming into this season, knowing people were talking about you in particular? Timo Meyer, LeBanc, the, they, those were the three names everybody said. Joe Pavelski's gone. These guys have to continue their progression. So did you feel pressure coming into this year more than there had been at previous points in your career? No, I don't really think about the pressure. I won't just prove it after, you know, really good last year when I have, you know, 77, 77 points and, you know, play a lot of minutes and, and I continue in playoff. And, and especially when I come this year, I got the A, one of, you know, the five letters and, I won't just be the leader, especially when Path left. I won't be, you know, one of the guys the leading team when it's last minute, especially like tonight, score the goal or be winning, you know, say win the last face off, you know, be there for power play PKs and and for sure I was thinking because you know, me and Kuj were like top tournament in NHL, we play every night against, you know, tough tough players mm-hmm. but I was really looking for the season but I don't really put it on myself pressure every time if I get bad game I just let it go and ready for next one but for sure uh, I want to prove it, you know. I'm the one. I can be, you know, top two centerman in HL, and and I want to do every night, you know, and help the team wins. And getting into that goal in tonight, that was another instance of you and your instincts once again at the right place at the right time. Walk us through that, I guess. Yeah, you know, we get really good, you know, to ozone, and you know, we could get it, you know, up high to I think uh, to Eric, you know, he passed. But when I, you know, I'm big guy, so I always try to stop to the net, be there, you know, because the goal's always there, you know. It's now in this league, a lot of goals is around the net, no just, you know, shooting, you know, or taking all bucks going to the net. So I just stopped there. Eric gave it to Pickles and he showed it, you know, and it was actually going a little vibe what I what is actually good when you're tipping because <laughs> the puck's going by and you tip it other side. For a second, I thought so is right away in. Like the goalie make a good save. I just stay with it. The puck come to me, and I just finish it kind of to empty netter and a huge goal for us, you know, to tie the game. Yeah, and it really, from that point on, the crowd got more into it, obviously, and the building started to come alive, and especially so. I guess just talk about that. I mean, people were looking at this as a big game for you guys in particular, but I have to imagine that regardless of the way the start of the season has gone, you guys feel the talent is on this team to where when you play Nashville at home, 
regardless of how good they've been to start the year or where you guys have been to start this year, you guys still feel like you expect to win. Yeah, for sure, you know, because we, we love to play, you know, in home, you know, especially in Sharks then when, you know, there are people, they cheering for us, it's always help us and we are be looking after, you know, this game. We need we need to win because we still, you know, you know, a little bit behind, you know, be you know, fifty above, you know, so we, we need the wins and we look in, you know, this it's like kinda must we must win tonight. So it was great effort for everybody, even if we start, you know, behind the goal, we still stay with it. Nobody start panicking, you know, making one play. We just keep playing same play. The chance is coming, and it was just about time we scored the, the goal and tied it up. And let's get into a little bit of Martin Jones' performance tonight because I thought that he was great. And then, you know, that, to me, there's a, there's a, a, a way that you feed off of his performance and he feeds off of what you guys were doing. Did it feel... I mean, we, when we say it was it was the best game of the year, and when you guys say you feel like it was the best game of the year, I guess go into a little bit more detail of how that, you know, the, in terms of what you guys are doing on offense, on defense, what Jonesy is doing. How does that all come together? Yeah, for sure. You know, it was the best, you know, Jonesy, you know, game of the year, and for sure it helps when when you lose the breakaway or big chance and he save it, you know, it's always, oh, what a save we have to now, you know. He, he get it for us, we just, you know, tied up or we one goal behind, so we have to score now after this save. So it's really helping, you know, to players when you see, you know, goalie make a huge save and and we we just try, you know, we have to help him a little bit more too because last couple of games we kind of let him just go with so many two-and-one breakaways. It's, you know, hard for the goalie, but I think we did a pretty good job and and he, he make a couple of huge saves. So it's always everything together, you know, when... When you just give up like five breakaways or two and ones, it's just hard because you know it's a lot of you know skilled players they mm-hmm. can you know score and and but we we just have great effort from all twenty guys so and Jonesy you know especially after shootout he make it every save you know that's great for him help him too you know feel confident about himself so it was three hundred games for him so I'm really happy for him. So now that the team has won three games in a row now and we're seeing these consistently um, higher quality efforts, more of what the expectation is from yourselves and Pete DeBoer and the fan base, I guess, are you looking, does it, do you ever start thinking about keeping the streak going or is it just look at it one game, win one game or win the next two of three or win the next three of five? Are you breaking it down into segments or is it just let's focus on the next game in front of us? No, we have to just, I think, no matter what I do, I always look into next game. It's just brand new game, you know, not, it doesn't matter if you lost been before. It's it just you have to come to your game. It's, you know, new team, new system, everything, and you're just coming to win, you know. And it's for sure nice when you're, you know, rolling. The atmosphere in the locker room is better, you know, everybody's smiling in the room because you win in 3-0. It's always better when you're winning, but you always kind of have to let it go, like, we have great effort for 60 minutes. We have to for sure keep going do for another game if you want to mm-hmm. win. But you have to kind of put him behind it and just start a new game and and think it forward because, you know, we got before five losses in the row. You, you can because when you're thinking too much, you know, you're like, oh, we've maybe lost again or something. You have to just start fresh and be ready for next game. And I would imagine that that's – when there are losses piling up, that's so out of the norm for what – you're used to i mean this this is a franchise that you know perennial contender year after year after year there's an expectation that when you perform you're going to find the back of the net or that the effort is going to lead to a win was that or is it frustrating when you feel your the team is doing everything right and it isn't yielding those results or is it just a matter of saying put it behind you and focus on the next one yeah for sure it's tough you know for guys who is a little longer you know like i'm already seven years too because we always be 
on top of the league, we always winning. But you know, sometimes it's happened. We have to get through it. Everybody have back segment season, and we have to just put him behind the door because if you overthinking, it will be even get worse and worse. And that's kind of what we did. You know, first couple of games, we only get lost. We maybe thinking too much, but now we just. We have to put it back and just start to play, you know, because when you overthink it, it's too hard for your head, but you have to just looking forward for next games. He is the Ninja Hurdle, and he helped the Sharks get their third win in a row tonight against Nashville. Tomas, thank you so much, my thank friend. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, Tomas Hurdle, everyone. Uh, how, how good has he been, by the way, as of late? He has just been a badass, and he continues to look more and more like the guy that we all expected him to be in his injuries earlier in his career. And, you know, now he is more and more of a force in the NHL. And that's exactly what the Sharks need him to be, especially in light of the loss of Joe Pavelski and free agency. And in terms of the transitional period, the Sharks find themselves in to start this year. And I think that's also part of what we're looking at with the San Jose Sharks in terms of some of these struggles that anytime there's a leadership change, anytime there is a talent like that, that's no longer with the team. It, it's more, it's not just about the plain numbers. It's about what a guy like Pavelski represented on the ice, what he meant to everybody else. You knew there was this consistent scoring machine, a guy who was, you know, 40 goals capable at any moment that was out there. And so that was not a security blanket, but it was just part of the overall scheme. And it was something the Sharks knew they could look to, and now just filling that relative void in terms of goals scored, in terms of leadership, in terms of how the other guys on the ice worried about Joe Pavelski, it's a change. It's it's a huge change. And I'm listen, I'm not finding excuses. I'm just trying to find reasons for why the Sharks haven't been entirely the team that we've expected them to be up to this point. But they are starting to look more like it. You're seeing the positive things out of this team that we all expected. And I thought that Pete DeBoer in particular, the way that this year has started, I really like the things that he's had to say because he's challenged his team. You know, he thought that their play was a little bit soft at points, but he hasn't come out publicly slamming guys. He hasn't come out calling out guys. He has said at times that the goalies need to be better, that the defense needs to be better, that they need to stop giving it away in the neutral zone and in the defensive zone. He has said the very obvious things that I think that we can all see. Now, again, like I said, potent and pointed words in private are one thing. It's totally different when a coach goes out there and blows his guys up, and he never did. Pete DeBoer has never gotten too high publicly, and he has never gotten too low publicly, which I think is a big, big factor in why the Sharks are able to respond because nobody was hitting the panic button. Now, I'm sure Doug Wilson was furious with certain performances. I'm sure that Pete DeBoer was livid after some of those losses, but he didn't react. He didn't panic. He didn't freak out. He just knew that he had the talent there, that guys were going to figure it out, and I think that they are starting to figure it out. And again, injuries, suspensions, personal life stuff, these all play a factor into the way the Sharks started out the year. But since they appear to be getting healthy and they appear to be calming down, they appear to be playing more close to the level of play that we expect from them, you're seeing a team that's starting to turn it around, I think. We're far from them being turned around, but we're trending in the right direction. Let's get into some of those post-game comments after Nashville from Pete DeBoer. This is what he had to offer when he was asked about whether or not it was the best game of the year. Uh, I think 60-minute effort for sure. Um, 
you know, I, I, I thought uh, we handled the adversity of not scoring first, even though we were playing well, uh, better than we have in the past, and stuck with it. And um, Yeah, I think it was our best 60-minute effort. And he also talked about the team building confidence for itself in light of a win against a quality opponent. Well, yeah, we needed to beat a good a good team like this. Uh, we knew it would be a good test, and like I said, we put together you know some good spurts of, of hockey here over the last week. Uh, you know, I like some of the things we've been doing, but we haven't been doing it enough, and uh, we haven't done it against a team like that yet this year. So, um, you know, there was a lot of good signs. Hopefully, uh, we can turn the corner here. So, yes, the corner has yet to be turned, but they are trending in the right direction, and that's what I wanted to see. I said a week ago, let's win two out of four, let's win five out of seven, six out of nine, etc., and that appears to be where the Sharks are headed. Now, again, things can change very, very rapidly in the NHL. I, I obviously concede that, but from what we're seeing from the Sharks, if you look at What we've seen since the game against Winnipeg to Nashville, you have seen quality performances. The the Vancouver one was seemingly the aberration right now, and now the Sharks are starting to look like the team that we think they are capable of being. Still a lot of hockey left to go in the 2019-2020 season, but the Sharks are starting to look like what we expected of them when the year began. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to you out there in the Sharks fan base for tuning in as always. A big thanks to uh, Mr. Hurdle for sitting down with me after Saturday's win. And a big thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making this podcast a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.